the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Not only did Jesus claim to be the Messiah, he did much more than just talk about it. He proved it. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Today we're picking up in part two of a message that we started yesterday that I entitled, Celebrations Never Last. And what we're doing is we're looking at Passion Week. We're looking at what happened there on Palm Sunday. But you know when it all really started? It all really started some 33 years earlier when Jesus was reading from the Scripture. Let me read it to you what he read. Back in Luke 4.17, it says, And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to Jesus. And he opened the book, and he found the place where it was written. I mean, okay, he's going to read something, and he has to find it. Now, you understand that the Bible didn't have chapter breaks and verses in it, right? So it's like when they had these scrolls, when the Dead Sea Scrolls in the book of Isaiah, I went to this museum in, in Israel, and it had the book of Isaiah completely unwound all the way around this this circular thing where you could see the entire scroll of of Isaiah. So I said to the tour guide who spoke fluent Hebrew, I said, can you find in here Isaiah 53? Because that's where it talks about the suffering Savior. I just like to see it on the original scroll. He couldn't find it because there's no chapter breaks. So here they hand a scroll to Jesus. He's unrolling it because he's going to read from Isaiah 61. It's like, how's he going to find that? Well, when you're God in the flesh, he found it. <laughs> so he he opens it up and he says, he starts here in verse 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. That means he rolled it back up. He gave it to the attendant and he sat down. These are prophecies of the Messiah. You got Jesus reading it. He goes on to say, and all the eyes in the synagogue were fixed upon him. Yeah, I guess so. Could you imagine Jesus, the God man, reading those words, talking about himself? And he says, he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Whoa, again, could you imagine hearing Jesus say those words? Again, he was reading from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2, and then realizing he would fulfill every single one of them. He said, today, in your hearing, this scripture has been fulfilled. There wasn't a Jew alive at this time that wasn't aware of these Bible prophecies. The promise of the coming Messiah, as recorded throughout the book of Isaiah, 
And not only did Jesus claim to be the Messiah, oh, he did much more than just talk about it. He proved it by doing exactly what the scripture said. He preached the gospel like in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Do you remember why that verse was said in John chapter 3? It's because it was Nicodemus. He was one of the Pharisees. He was part of the Sanhedrin, the actual rulers in Jerusalem. And it says that Nicodemus came to him by night. So actually, this is the first setting of Nick at night. But that's a whole nother story. Anyway, Nicodemus comes at night and he says to Jesus, good teacher, nobody can do the things that you do if you're not sent by God. He says, I've been watching you from a distance. I've been looking at you. I didn't want to get too close because I didn't want my peers to come down on me. That's why I'm here at night talking to you in secret. But he says, I've been watching you, and nobody could do these things unless you're sent from God. And what does Jesus say in response to Nicodemus that came by night? He didn't say boo. He didn't say hello. He says, you must be born again or you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus said, well, what do you mean born again? Do I go back up into my mother's womb and come back out again? Uh, no, Nick, that's sick. Uh, no, Jesus didn't say that, but no, you can't go back in your mother's womb. He said that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not what I'm saying here. He says you must be born again, meaning your spirit. See, we're spirit, soul, and body. What happens when you die? Your body's going to go in the grave and decompose, right? Haven't we all had loved ones that have passed away? And they, they go into the ground. You put them in a coffin. But your spirit, that's who you are. Your body is like a tent, but your spirit is who you are. That has to be born from above, born from God. Yes, Jesus preached the gospel. He released those who were held captive by sin and death, and he forgave sin and touched broken hearts. He made the blind see. He made the lame walk. He cast out demons. He set free those who were trapped in dead religion, and he introduced grace and mercy as he forgave the woman caught in adultery. You remember what happened there, right? Remember the woman? They caught her in adultery. Uh, Isn't it odd how they didn't catch the man? But they did catch the woman, okay? Anyway, they brought her, possibly naked, out and threw her on the ground in front of Jesus. And then this whole crowd raised up rocks and said, the law tells us to stone those that are caught in adultery. What do you say? And they're all with their rock in their hand. And Jesus, the Bible tells us, was just riding in the sand. And now some Bible commentators just said, what was he writing in the sand? Maybe he was writing the very sins of her accusers. Yeah, like you did the same thing, Harry, last week. Hey, you, George, you were the one that got caught and came out the back door. And here you are condemning her now. Who knows what he wrote? But he said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Then from the eldest, because they had more sin racked up in their life, they dropped their stones and walked away all the way to the youngest until no one was there. And then Jesus looked at this woman on the ground, petrified. You can only imagine how scared she was. And he says, woman, where are your accusers? She says, well, they all left. He says, neither do I accuse you. Now go and sin no more. Wow. 
Jesus brought grace and mercy as he forgave her sins. Yes, when Jesus spoke, people listened to him. Listen to what they said in Mark one twenty two. It says, They were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as the scribes. When Jesus spoke, it was like he's speaking right to me. Like I get what he's talking about. Haven't we all gone into some dead religion church and sat there through the most miserable message you ever heard in your life? and you walked out just as empty as you walked in? I think we've all had that. I remember me going to this big main denomination and the priest came out and I was so messed up in my life at this point. I was so messed up. I was just, uh, I had problems coming out my ears and it's like the priest came out and gave the message in Latin. He might as well have been speaking in pig Latin. It's like that meant nothing to me. I even said to the person I came with, I said, what is he talking in? And they said Latin. And I said, do you speak Latin? And they said, no. I said, does anybody in here, I was whispering this, of course, speak Latin? And they said, she said, no. I'm like, and I didn't say this because I didn't want to be disrespectful, but this is what I thought in my head. What is this moron speaking in Latin? My life is a mess. And I was like, I walked out of that church. I said, I will never step foot in a church again. Why? Because I thought it was a waste of time. It wasn't until someone just shared Christ with me that I came to know Jesus as my Savior. Yes, Jesus was different than anybody else. He walked on water. He fed thousands from mere leftovers. He healed those with leprosy, his skin cancer that just caused your limbs to fall off. He, he healed them. And when you thought he could do no more, he even raised the dead. In fact, just a week before Palm Sunday and Holy Week, just a week before that, He took a man who had been dead for four days, a man named Lazarus, and he raised him from the dead. In fact, Lazarus' sister, her name was Martha, when Jesus said, roll the stone away from the tomb, it's like she said, oh, Lord, uh, he stinketh by now. That's King James for, hey, he smells, he's decomposing. But Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth alive. And that happened just a week earlier. That's why the entire city here on Palm Sunday is freaking out. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. He was like setting the stage. It's like they were saying, save now, Lord. They were quoted from Psalm 118. They wanted the Lord now because everyone's like, this has got to be the Messiah. Who else can raise the dead? Yes, Jesus not only claimed to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the God-man, but he proved it by his actions. And that's why we ended up at Palm Sunday. For it was time for the people to embrace Jesus for who he really was. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, fulfilling Zechariah chapter 9. They were screaming again, Hosanna, meaning save now. They were saying we're sick and tired of our present condition. They were sick and tired of their circumstances. They were sick and tired of being ruled by the Romans in their own country. They wanted a better quality of life. I wonder how many people could say that here today after the COVID pandemic, after being locked down for a year, after all the problems, and now we're a mass, we're two masks, we're three masks, you know, we're a dozen masks. You know, it's like, I mean, at what point are we ever going to be back to some kind of normal or with this new administration? Is there ever going to be a normal again? 
this was a way of the people in Jesus' day of saying, we elect you. We want you to be our king, not Caesar. Well, when the religious leaders heard this, they went into a tailspin, for they had a stranglehold of dead religion on these people, and they were by no means ready to give it up to Jesus. In fact, they knew as the people cried out to Jesus that they were fulfilling that Old Testament prophecy in Psalm 118, verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the people shouted louder and louder, Hosanna, Hosanna. And listen to what Luke records in Luke 19.39. It says this, And some of the Pharisees in the multitude said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. You know, because they were saying Hosanna, because they knew they were claiming Jesus as the Messiah. But what did Jesus say back to him? He says, I tell you, if these become silent, the very stones on the ground will cry out. Yes, their religious hypocrisy had completely blinded them to this fact that God, literally God, had come in the flesh, and he came to save his people. This was the first time that Jesus, again, really drew attention to himself. That's why, again, in times past, Every time Jesus would heal somebody, he'd say, don't tell anybody. What do you mean, don't tell anyone? How can I not tell anybody? You know, I was blind, and now I see. But he didn't want the miracle to overshadow why he came. He came to die for the sin of all humanity. And speaking of that, while this weekend comes up, this is Easter weekend. And we at Court Church Los Angeles We are going to go big at Easter. You know, we kind of missed Easter last year because COVID. Remember a year ago, it was complete lockdown. No one could go outside. It looked like a ghost town in L.A., but not this year. Oh, no, we're back in church. And maybe you're still sitting at home with five masks on. Listen, wear your five masks and come to church, whatever. But stop sitting at home. And listen, if you're a believer, you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. You and me, we need to rise up in this time. This is our time. People are more open to going to church now maybe than ever. You're thinking, what world are you living in? Man, the church is getting scorned right now. Yes, by some. But there's others that are lost, and they're looking for hope. They're looking for the meaning of life. They're saying there's got to be something more to this life than what we're living right now. There has to be something more. People that are searching for satisfaction, and they can't find it anywhere. This is where me and you as believers, we have to stop being silent. Let me just ask you point blank. In this last year, this last year of COVID, have you become anemic? Have you fallen asleep in your faith? Have you forgotten that we are the voice to preach righteousness? Have you not remembered that we are the ones that God has called to preach truth to those who are seeking to find truth? It's like Ezekiel 2.7 says, But you shall speak my words to them whether they listen or not, because there are rebellious people. God tells us to speak to them. Who's them? It's everyone who doesn't know Jesus, whether they listen or not. We are to rise up. You know, there's a statistic out there that says if you have a good friend or a family member, someone that you know well, if you invite them to church and you're passionate about it, that 50% of them will come. Are you using that opportunity of friendships that you've built at work, friendships around? Have you used that opportunity to preach the gospel to someone? Listen, this is Easter. 
The two times when people are more open to coming to church than any other time of the year is Christmas and Easter, and even more so on Easter. Rise up, man or woman of God. Rise up. Take this opportunity. Listen, if you live in the L.A. area or surrounding counties, I challenge you to drive an hour if that's how long it takes you to get to the west side of L.A. Because we're on the intersection of La Cienega, the busiest street in L.A., and the 10 freeway. We're just like uh, 200 feet north of the 10 freeway on La Cienega. It's like grab someone, invite someone, bring them to Core Church L.A. for Easter. We have three services this Easter. We have 830 in the morning. Oh, that's too early. I can't get up that early. Okay. We have a 1030 a.m. All right. I might be able to make that. But come early. There's zero traffic. You could come to the 830 service or you could come later on in the afternoon. We have a 630 p.m. service. And those of you that are on the East Coast, you're not off the hook. Rise up. Invite someone to a church service. You can tell them how to download our free app at the App Store, Core Church Los Angeles. You can watch our live stream. You can watch it on your phone, your tablet, your computer, corechurchla.org. So you on the East Coast that are listening to our 19 stations, you get someone to watch our live stream. Now, it's 8.30, 10.30, and 6.30 p.m., so it's three hours ahead for you, right? Because we're Pacific time, you're Atlantic time. So it's 11.30, it's 1.30, and it's 9.30 for you. So it's like, check out our times. Invite someone to watch. Maybe invite them over to your house and watch together. But let me tell you, we're going to preach the Easter message, the resurrection of Christ, and we're going to preach the gospel. And who knows, maybe God could use you, little old you, to influence someone to come to church or to watch our service. And what if that person gives their life to Christ? Wow. No time to be lazy now. It's time to rise up, man or woman of God. I encourage you to do that. Yes, but getting back here to our message here, it's like, who can deny who Jesus really was? It's like, remember what the Bible said in Isaiah 43.10? It says, and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, and there'll be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and there's no Savior besides me. See, God has shown himself in three different persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, somehow those three individuals are one. It's one God, but he reveals himself in three personalities. So God the Son came down and walked on planet Earth for one reason, to be the Savior of the world. And who's the Savior? Isaiah 43, God is. Savior means the deliverer who is God. Jesus was God in the flesh, and he was the Savior. He's the deliverer because he's God. Yes, God was in our midst. And if the people didn't recognize it, Jesus told the religious leaders that told him to tell his people to shut up. He says, if I tell these people to be quiet, the very rocks on the ground that I created as the creator will scream out. Yes, Jesus knew that this celebration was not going to last. It would be short-lived, which brings up this other thought, knowing the future. Let me read to you what it says next in Luke 19.41. It says, But as they came closer to Jerusalem, Jesus saw the city ahead, and he began to cry. And I wish that even today you would find the way of peace. But now, is it too late and peace is hidden from you? 
Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against you and walls and encircle you and close in on you. And they will crush you to the ground and your children with you. And your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you have rejected the opportunity that God has offered you. Whoa! What did Jesus just say? Okay, wait a second. You got to get the picture. There's like a million people that have descended on Jerusalem. It's the Passover. It's the Holy Week. And now Jesus comes riding in. They pull out palm branches. They're all screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna, save now, Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're quoting from Psalm 118. The Messiah is here. And it says, Jesus wept. What? Why are you weeping? You know, Jesus, can't you see the celebration that's happening all around you? Of course he could. But Jesus knew what their future held. Because he knew that in 37 short years, General Titus from the armies of the Roman Empire are going to come into Jerusalem, encircle it, and he is going to crush them in 70 AD. And that's exactly what happened. He came and he conquered Jerusalem and he dispersed God's people. They killed a million of the chosen people of God there during that battle. And the rest of the people were dispersed from their homeland, not for a week, not for a month, For 1,878 years, almost 2,000 years, you have no country, no home, until March 14, 1948, when people had mercy on the Jewish people after Adolf Hitler in World War II killed 6 million Jews. Some people say today that never happened. Have you lost your mind? There's complete evidence of it. And he killed six million Jews trying to exterminate God's chosen people. But God used that horrific event to open up the doors for the people of God to get their nation and their country back on May 14, 1948. But let's not forget, not only did Jesus know the plight of his people, it was also a time to remember his own plight. He had also wrote about it several times in the Old Testament, and he knew the gruesome details. Listen to what Psalm 22 says about the crucifixion. What? Psalm? That was written a thousand years before Jesus was born. That's right. And listen to what it said about the crucifixion. Psalm 22, 6 says, But I am just a worm and not a man. I have been scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me and sneers at me and shakes their head, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him, as they were mocking him on the cross. He goes on to say, My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like a sunbaked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs and, and an evil gang closes in on me. And they have pierced my hands and my feet. And I can, I can count my bones in my body, though. My enemies stare at me and gloat and they divide my clothes among themselves. Wow. I just watched The Passion of the Christ again the other night, a couple nights ago. Oh, my goodness. But you notice what Jesus says about himself here in Psalm 22? He says, I'm just a worm. It's from the Hebrew word tola. The tola worm was exclusively used to make a scarlet dye to dye the fabric for king's robes. And that's how they extracted the blood from the worm. How did they do it? 
They crushed the worm. And Jesus says, I will be crushed. Jesus was crushed for you. Your sin can be forgiven. Do you know God? Are you sure? Are your sins forgiven? Do you know that? Jesus was crushed for you. You can be forgiven if you want, but you have to say, God, I'm sorry. And if you're willing to say that right now, God will forgive you. If that's you, you pray this prayer. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Have mercy on me. I believe you died for me. You were buried in a grave, but I believe that you rose again. Come inside of me. Be my Lord, my God, my Savior, and my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I'd like to send you some helpful information to help you walk with the Lord, a Bible with all kinds of notes. You can email me at Bible at corechurchla.com. That's Bible at corechurchla.com. May the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 